And I'd love to hear your leader, your pastor, speak from his heart the vision that he has and the way that you have risen to the occasion to hold up not only the arms of AGWM, but the truth is to be able to believe that God from our own local churches throughout this amazing network is still calling sons and daughters to the harvest field. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And some of them are in this room today. And many more, if Jesus tarries, will continue to come out of the local congregations that are represented in this room. You know, missionaries don't fall out of the sky and we don't grow in trees. Where do we come from? We come from the local church. It's there that we're birthed. We come to encounter Jesus in new life. And we're able to hear about his redemptive story and mission and how that local church plays a part of it. It's embodied by the people as they see the ethic of the gospel change and transform lives, families, the community, and how that's replicated again and again as over generations, God calls sons and daughters from local congregations because leaders in this room not only cast the vision, but intentionally cultivate those environments and where you lead your own people lay leaders, those attending to believe that God still calls. He still puts his hands on people to plant new churches, both home and around the world, to establish the church among all peoples everywhere. And I want to say, when I look at the numbers and I had access previous to this role, and now I certainly do, when I look at the faith the energy, the commitment of this network, of this district, of small churches, medium churches, large churches, you're special. And thank you. Thank you for trusting AGWM with the lives of your sons and your daughters. And this morning I was sharing with another small group that I want to just say before I begin that you see the reason our relationship is different, it's different, is because we're not a parachurch ministry and there's a role for parachurch ministries. And we're not your partner. We do not partner with you. We go and establish other churches among other peoples. We partner with them. No, we are your sons and daughters. The other day, I had a CEO of one of the largest pharmaceutical com companies in America sit across from me and Cheryl in his home. His wife was with him. They took us out to eat. They said, would you stay with us instead of preaching, staying in the hotel that our church is putting you in? And I said, sure, if it's okay with your pastor. We stayed with them a couple of days, and on the last evening, he looked at me and said, you know, John, we're transferring to the Assemblies of God, but all my life... My father before me, his father before him, we were United Methodist. He said, I have given millions upon millions of dollars and built Methodist churches. I have built university campuses. I have buildings that are named 
after our family. He said, but another, not another dime. And he repeated himself, not another dime. He said, they've drifted. His words. They have drifted from the mission. John, do you still believe, do the assemblies of God still believe they were raised up to plant churches? And I said, yes, sir. You better believe we're committed to it. It's a non-negotiable. It's why we exist. There's a thousand, actually multiple thousand NGOs that do good things, wonderful things. They touch lives, but none of them are concerned about what the church does. Only the church plants the church. I want to do two things very quickly this morning. The first thing I want to do is give you a 30,000-foot view of where we are as a mission today because you need to know where your investment goes. And it does matter that we measure it. When I became a lead pastor, I became a lead pastor, and I was given a missions budget, quite a large missions budget. We supported a number of missionaries around the world. But I didn't know much about AGWM, and I, and I really didn't know how the system worked, and I didn't know how you should break down supporting missionaries and how you should determine and make criteria for, for investing in strategic projects and what's the balance between them, and, and then how do you create an, an environment in your church for people to be called and facilitated and sent to the field. I'd look back now and years, years, we invested and I cared passionately about it, but I was primarily moved. I was moved by certain things. A good story moved me. It moves you. That's the power of stories. Seeing need moved me. It was powerful. Need moves us. It should. But what I really wanted to know at the end of that was, is that act, when it came down to moving sons and daughters from that local church to the field, supporting them, cheering them, entrusting them to AGWM, and also in our missions dollars, I wanted to know, was it strategic at the end of the day? They really have internal impact. As of this year, we come into 2024, we will now be 110 years old as a movement. Isn't that remarkable? If I were to show you a map of the world, it's so interesting that today, the United Nations and the IMF identify around 192 nations of the world with geopolitical borders. 110 years with our continuity with missions history since Pentecost. Today, AGWM now has presence in over 153 nations of the world. And in many, many, many of those nations, multiple locations. On average, over the last 10 years, because of the presence of missionaries on the ground, 
and then establishing relationships with the national churches. Every 54 seconds, someone comes to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Every 81 minutes, a new church is birthed for the first time where it did not exist in a village, in a township, in a community, in an urban setting. Someone say amen. Isn't that powerful? And today we have over, well, as of this morning, 2,647 missionaries in 153 nations worldwide. And if the Lord tarries, and just in the next few years, I hope that we'll break through that 3,000 barrier. This has produced nearly 56 million Assemblies of God believers just within our network, not other AG networks that we indirectly support and our missionaries help and we assist with initiatives. If we were to do that, it would be well over 100 million. Do you know that as of today, we know it's over 400,000. But directly related to us in 110 years, on the books, we can count 367,398 local churches planted. I know a lot of secular businesses that would love to have those stats. Isn't that awesome? And do you know why? Because of you. Because you created and fostered, encouraged, empowered, took risk, released and invested, and then cheered for your sons and daughters to serve and engage the Great Commission worldwide. You are our Antioch. And thank you. But even though over 110 years and including all of the global work with many other denominations who share our passion, there is still the unfinished task. As Lauren Triplett said many years ago, we dare not measure ourselves by our success. We should measure ourselves by the unfinished task. Whether across the street or around the world, every one of us in this room are here today because God has put his hand on you. He has called you to be able to be a reaper in the harvest. And with all of this work in which we rejoice, we should not get caught up in the numbers in which we're blinded by the need that faces us today. It is the state of spiritual lostness. It is our commitment as an agency, as an extension of you as your global arm to ensure that we still believe that people are separated for eternity without Christ. We still hold to our commitment and understanding that people's greatest need, their greatest need, is to be reconciled with God through Christ. And yet we look at the fields of our world, and with that global map, we recognize 
that 42% of our world still remains without an adequate witness of the gospel where there literally are cities of millions where there's not a life-giving, viable, reproducing local church among them. 